From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, this is Real Ghost Stories Online, the podcast. The phone number is 855-853-4802 to call in with your real ghost stories. Of course, you can write in on the website, RealGhostStoriesOnline.com. Please subscribe. That means press the subscribe button on whatever platform it is you listen to us, whether it be YouTube, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Subscribe to make sure that you get every single episode we put out there right when it comes out. Plus, it helps us grow in those rankings, helps more people find us, all by you pressing that subscribe button. So, it's a win-win everywhere. Please do so. And if you're not an EPP yet, you hear us talking about it all the time, uh, please become one. Uh, Our EPPs help support the show and help us continue to do this show. Without our EPPs, we could not continue to do this broadcast. So, we need more of you on board there. It's only uh, five bucks a month. Or you can do 10, or you can do 15. I say, whatever you feel the show is worth to you, do that. Um, And uh, we give you an extra episode every single week as a thank you for being an EPP. It goes only to our EPPs. It's a full-blown, regular broadcast just for our EPPs. Uh, And you get the satisfaction of knowing that you are keeping this show alive and this community alive. So if you listen uh, semi-frequently, please uh, please consider throwing a little in the kitty and keeping us going. Uh, On today's episode, uh, of course, your calls, your letters, and a little bit of news on the paranormal front. Uh, Big video that's been floating around YouTube this past week. Have you heard about this one in New Mexico? No. This is, uh, it happened with the New Mexico, uh, one of the police departments. Let's read the the story. This is from KOAT-TV. On Saturday, Officer Carl Romero was keeping an eye on a surveillance camera around the station when he spotted something uh, in the Sally Port. A Sally Port is a controlled gate or passage in a fortified place. Romero said what he saw looked like a ghost walking across the lot right through the cages and a gate. Detectives say there's no way in or out of the secured area without the gates opening and an alarm sounding. Police say they heard strange noises and see unexplained images in the lobby of the building as well. And this video has been going quite viral online. Would you like to see it? Is it something I don't It's want? nothing too creepy. It's nothing too creepy. No, All right. Let me, uh, let me pull it up here and uh, pull the sound down so we don't get flagged. Um, and you can, I'm sure, Google this. There's a, there's a lot of ways of saying it. It's a New Mexico surveillance cam police video search for something like that with ghosts and you will find it on youtube or 52 other websites so what we're looking at right now is essentially a a police officer that's just sitting there sitting back relaxing watching the surveillance cameras and then here in a second it's going to pan to the camera and see right there there is it what looks like an entity walking across the the area and it's 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 fuzzy it's gray i say why the hell does your camera not have a better you know focus or a better uh a clearer picture but uh it uh, clearly it's pretty clear there's it's not dust yeah you know? it's not it, it looks like an apparition walking it looks exactly like an apparition walking mm-hmm. yeah um it's and if you you watch it, it comes. It appears to come through a fence, like literally walk through the fence on the right side, and walk. It doesn't get any better than that, as far as an apparition goes. No, it doesn't. Um, it's and they say that there's a lot of other things. This this place has been somewhat infamous for hauntings, um, as far as people seeing things, uh, like they said in their lobby and other areas as well. They may be a good guest. Okay. We should look into seeing what we can get if we can get somebody on the from that police department to talk to us about uh, number one this video uh, and also uh, what other things have happened uh, there. Uh, the police department is uh, where does it say? Uh, I'm going to say the name wrong. Espinola, E S P A N O L A, New Mexico is where they are at. So we'll look into that. Uh, officer Carl Ramiro was the uh, officer that uh, was keeping an eye on the camera that evening. So 
Maybe we can talk to them one-on-one about that, but uh, definitely, if you want to see one hell of a ghost video, it is out there online. Uh, this is interesting. This is a place I know that's been on your list of uh, going back to for uh, a good uh, ghost uh, hunt or just a nice romantic uh, evening. Um, Ellis Island. Oh. Um, they've, they've opened up a new thing on there. Okay, what? Are you ready for this? The, this is from the Associated Press. A crumbling old sick ward opens off a long hallway separate from the rest of Ellis Island and the hospital complex. Plaster peel, peel, peels from the walls. Broken porcelain light fixtures hang haphazardly above where beds once stood. The low clanging of boats and the splash of waves on the breakwater drift in through cracked window panes that showcase... Uh, a view of the Statue of Liberty. This is where the sickest immigrants came in their final days. Well, they've opened up the sick ward. Oh, really? You can tour it now. What is their thought process there? Well, it's, you know, just showing a bit of history. The historic complex where 1.2 million immigrants received medical care between 1901 and 1954 is opening to the public on Wednesday for the first time in 60 years. The complex of 29 unrestored buildings is located across the ferry slip from the fully restored Immigration Museum as part of the tour opening. An exhibit by artist J.R. entitled Unframed Ellis Island will be on display throughout the abandoned complex. The exhibit uses life-size historic photographs of immigrants and others that have been superimposed on walls and other parts of the building. The effect is eerie. Around a corner, you come face-to-face with the eyes of children staring out from busted windows. Uh, enter a sterilization room and see the doctors who once uh, were washing up before surgery. The photos are designed to uh, fade away with time. Visitors can stand in the old morgue, an angled room with a stadium seat so doctors could watch autopsies being performed. About 3,500 people died at Ellis Island. 1,400 were children uh, due to scarlet fever, tuberculosis, and other illnesses rampant in years past. And now you can make it part of your historic vacation okay so i want to see it it hasn't been open for 60 years i gotta think they haven't gone through and made it all that safe oh i'm sure they have i don't think it's like i don't think everything's opened up i'm sure they have a very strict path that you're going on and you know. how often do people deviate off of that? Well, you're probably not allowed to. I and mean, I'm going to guess it's like any sort of historic site where they have it fairly well quarantined off and people are probably staffing it to make sure you don't. Okay, so next time we go to New York, I'll just hang out at Battery Park while you take the ferry over and you have your... You want to go and check that out? Nope. Uh-uh. I've been there, done that. I, I don't need to see the room where everybody got sick and died. I'm concerned about buildings and rooms like that where there are all those diseases and everything in there. Is there any chance that those diseases and stuff could be... Hey, this is me being stupid, maybe, but any chance that those germs and diseases and stuff could have attached themselves to other things around the area like wildlife or <laughs> things of that nature and have been mutating on that island for all these years where nobody's been by them and then suddenly a new mutation of it comes and affects people who are suddenly touring the area? Is that even a possibility? I don't know. I'm just asking. Maybe I'm completely stupid here. Maybe a listener can fill me in. But what uh, do you know the answer to that question? My guess is that the the diseases and everything would need some sort of host for it to be in. Sure. So what if there's like a pack of raccoons that have been passing this down for years from from raccoon generation to raccoon generation? So like a pack of tuberculosis infected (laughs) raccoons. Essentially, but maybe it's, it's mutated itself into some other horrific disease that raccoons are immune to. They're just carriers of. You know what? Anything's possible. Tuberculosis raccoon zombies. There you go. That are plaguing the island and just waiting for their opportunity to pounce on tourists when they finally reopen it someday. I would imagine that you're probably pretty safe, and I doubt they have a whole lot of wildlife there on that island. Rakens. There you go. It's the Rakens. Yep. <laughs> I would go through with a bag of jalapeno chips and look for look out for the Rakens. And there's about four people who just got that joke. All right. Continuing on. Uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. We'd love to hear your stories. Of course, you can also uh, write into us at the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Let's go to a caller 
from 855-853-4802. Hello. Hello, Tony and Jenny. My name is Lynn, and I'm calling from Lancaster, Ohio. I've been trying to call through with a haunted house story of when I lived in the state of Idaho, but I've tried four times, and all four times I've been cut off by your length of time. I've also been trying to send emails, but they keep popping back to me and will not go through. So unless I can figure another way to send that story, which is a really, really good story, I'm not going to be able to get that one through. However, I do have a few others. I grew up in the state of Ohio, born and raised in Lancaster, and growing up I learned very early on that I seem to be able to feel things, be more emphatic towards people's feelings and understand things that were going on around me better. My grandma was a person that was very active with dreams. She would have a lot of dreams, understand her dreams, and believed in dreams. And a lot of times I get that same perception. I could have a dream and lo and behold, it'll pretty much come true or if it doesn't completely come true, a lot of its aspects will come true. Throughout the years, my father was an undertaker. My brother now is an undertaker, so I'm a daughter of an undertaker and a sister of an undertaker. When I was at the age of 10, we bought our first funeral home, moved into the funeral home, lived above it, grew up just as a common family living above a funeral home. And our funeral home was extremely old. It was from the mid, mid to latter 1800s. And we lived there during the 60s and the 70s, um, well, and the 80s as well. There were things that we would fondly like to call that went bump in the night, but only in a certain area, and that was centered around the doorway to our attic. We would hear noises there, like somebody going up and down the stairs. Sometimes we would hear a door close. However, the doors would already be closed. Uh, occasionally, we have a little bathroom, half bath, right there by the doorway that went upstairs to the attic. Occasionally, we would hear the water run and go in there only to find the water wasn't running. Or sometimes we would find it running. But it was just some pretty weird things. Um, it wasn't uncommon to see shadow people going in and out of that area as well, too, but it never happened anywhere else within the house part of the funeral home or the funeral home itself. As we moved on through life, I... Um, moved to the state of Idaho in 1983, lived out there for the better part of 10 years, met my ex-husband, got married, had two children, returned to the state of Idaho, or returned to the state of Ohio, I'm sorry, and picked up life again here. As I said, we did have a haunted house situation in the state of Idaho, don't have enough time to go into that one right now, but when we returned back home here, it just seemed like life picked up and moved forward again with being able to have these dreams that would tend to come true, um, moving from house to house to house, that something would happen in each house, nothing negative, mind you. It would just be bumps here, bumps there, noises of this and that. Occasionally, you would hear mumbling, and that would just go on and on and on from house to house to house. Finally... In 1992, I separated from my now ex-husband. I moved into a little apartment, had to go into a cheap rental area with my, our two sons. Which had returned to college, was working on my degree and just moving forward again in, in a different direction of my life. One night sitting on the couch, looking down the hallway, I thought I saw my oldest son go across the hall into the bathroom. And I kind of watched between watching TV and doing my homework. I kept watching for him to come back out and make sure everything was okay. Never saw him come back out. Finally, my boyfriend that I was dating at the time asked me if I was going to go down there and check on my son. And I looked at him and I said, did you see him too? And he said, yes. So I went down there and lo and behold, he's not in the bathroom. He's sound asleep in his bed. I walk in his bedroom and the closet doors open. And I was pretty certain that I remembered having closed that door when I put him to bed. Well, I thought, well, maybe the boys got up and got something out of the closet. So the next morning when I got up to take, take them to daycare and go on to college myself, I realized the door was open again. So I asked the boys then, who's opening the closet door in the middle of the night? Which one of you are getting in there and getting stuff? And they said, we are doing it. It's the boy that lives in the closet. Of course, I took notice of that very quickly being a parent. 
and asked them, I said, well, who lives in the closet? They said, well, there's a boy that lives in the closet, and his name's Jerry. And so I just kind of listened to him, thought, okay, imaginary friend, you know, the whole works like that. So later that night, I put the kids to bed and closed the closet door, got up the next morning, closet doors open. Well, then a little later, we had um, some communication with the kids' dad, and he wasn't very friendly on the phone with me, nor was he very friendly with my our oldest son. So this was just a few days before Thanksgiving of 1992. So I'm talking on the phone to my aunt. see these funny shadows bouncing on the wall down coming out of our son's bedroom. And just as I go down to start checking on it, my oldest son runs out of the bedroom screaming, it's, in, it's on fire, it's on fire. And I look in, and sure enough, the bed is just engulfed in flames. I quickly grab both my sons, a few items, close the door, run out the door, you'll call 911, do all that. And later, then once I set my oldest son down and ask him what happened, he had uh, been very upset with his father over some negative things his father had said towards him on the phone. And he went into the bedroom, and he said that Jerry told him to burn up the pictures of his dad. Now, mind you, my son at the time was only five years old. So he managed to find a lighter, which I didn't smoke, so I didn't have anything like that around the house, but somehow he managed to find a lighter. And he set his pictures of his dad and him that was in his bedroom in the middle of the bed and set them on fire and totally engulfed the whole apartment rather quickly. So a couple days later, I was on my way to, to college again. I dropped my kids off at daycare, and I felt somebody pushing in the back of my seat of my car while I was driving to Columbus. And so finally I said, Jerry, are you riding in this car with me right now? And I said, if you are, push on the back of my seat two times. And I had two sets of footprints pushing in the back of my seat. So I said, Jerry, I'm going to have to have talk with you. According to my son, you told him to set his dad's pictures on fire in the middle of his bed because he was angry with them. And I said, that caused a lot of damage to our apartment that I have to pay for. And I said, well, I don't have that kind of money to pay for that. You are no longer going to be allowed to stay in our apartment because of that. I need you to go, and I need you to go today. We never had a problem with it, Jerry. Nobody talked about Jerry after that. The closet door remained closed. Nobody rode in the car with me. Nothing. Everything was done from that point in time forward. Jerry, Jerry was gone. I have to believe now that Jerry was a boy that lived in the closet, because I went to my manager that evening and asked her if anybody had died in the apartment and learned that a boy the age of 12 had died of leukemia just uh, a previous year before. His name was Jerry. I was just very, very floored at the time. That's the, the one story I am able to share with you right now. And surprisingly, I was able to do it within the 12 minutes, so... I will try to figure out a way to keep sending an email if you do hear my phone call and could offer any suggestions to be able to share my very vivid story from Idaho. I would really love any suggestions you can share with me as to how to either get it to you by email without it being sent back to me as rejected or another way to call it in. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you for calling in. Um, I don't know why your email would be being rejected other than maybe the address you're putting in is not correct. My direct email is Tony, T-O-N-Y, T-O-N-Y at realghoststoriesonline.com. So make sure that uh, you're putting all that in there uh, exactly as that is. Uh, and your email should come through just fine. We get a lot of emails every single day. So um, that's my guess. Um, as far as a 12-minute limit on the phone calls, that's what we try and put in place. So if you can condense it down a little bit, we'd love to hear it. Um, that was a good story. I like that she had to pull the mom card with the ghost. That <laughs> the, was awesome. And the fact that the ghost even listened. Yeah. See, that's yeah. a case where I go, okay, not a demon. No, no, not a demon, just a adolescent. That's still an adolescent in the afterlife. Yeah. Cause playing I mean, with fire. Live kids would, would make that mistake too. Sure. 
Sure, and so. I could see some people. You should burn those pictures of you now. Sure, you know, saying that in real life. So, wow. Yeah. And then to have that, I, I look at it like closure to find out that there was a boy that had died in the apartment with that name, you know. And that's Jerry's a common name, but back, you know, twenty years ago for a little kid, mm-hmm. not quite as common. So, sure. I think that that's, that's probably exactly who it was. Yeah, very interesting. Thank you for sharing. We would love to hear your other stories, so please uh, please do try and resend that letter to us. Um, or uh, if you want to try calling in, and you can keep it under 12 minutes, go for it. If you want to, maybe do it in a two-parter. Yeah. We could do one part one night, one part the other night, because you, you did tell a pretty good story, so I'm, I'm more than open to hearing uh, a long story from you. Let's do it in two parts. Just kind of you know, put a little stopwatch, time yourself, give us the first part, give us a cliffhanger, and then call the next day with the, the second part. There you go. And, uh, and there you go. Uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your Real Ghost Stories. Of course, you can also write into us through the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. If you've not become an EPP yet, please consider doing it. It's what keeps our show alive. Our EPPs donate 5 bucks a month or 10 or 15 is completely up to our EPPs, whatever you feel the show is worth, whatever they feel the show is worth. Um, and uh, not only are they supporting the show, they're also getting an extra episode every single week that only goes out to them. And that's our thank you uh, as far as uh, being a big supporter of the show. We like to give those uh, those folks something a little bit more. Uh, so you get that bonus, a little extra fix for you, and you get the satisfaction of knowing that you're keeping this show alive. So uh, check it out on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Here's a letter that came in. It says, my boyfriend bought a house. Last April, it was a short sale. He had seen this house about three months before meeting me, and he'd been beaten uh, to offer for it. Actually, it was one of the first things we talked about when we met. A couple months after the house came back on the market as a short sale, the other buyer had gotten cold feet. He placed an offer and got the house. As of my story about the other house, we had been moving things over to this new one. It's about four blocks away from the old house. The house is beautiful. It's huge with lots of natural light. When the house was bought, there was a room off of the kitchen that now is the laundry utility room. That was just a huge, deep hole in the ground. No idea why. It was just horrible. The master bathroom was torn out and redone. There was no way around that, and each room is painted a different, terrible color. The house on the inside looks like a Rubik's Cube. Nothing uh, a little paint won't fix. The basement looks like a 1940s Parisian cat house. Plush red carpets on the stairs, uh, wrought iron rails uh, on the stairways, lamps. Anyway, we uh, started uh, real work on the house back in September of last year, and it wasn't until April of this year that we finally moved in. Although I'm moving in formally uh, in October, my, uh, the boyfriend and I didn't start living in the house this year. Basically, I spent the whole month putting furniture in rooms, reassembling furniture, getting the kitchen squared away, etc. Since it was nice weather, I opened up the windows around the first floor and basically set up my iPod on a small table we were using in the kitchen. I was alone four days every week when the boyfriend was at work, and I went down to the basement to look for a tool, and when I was down there, all of a sudden, I, I hear a huge bang as if something had fallen upstairs. Got a huge chill and ran up, and the only thing out was the door to the master bedroom at the end of the long hallway. I thought it was because of the open window and put a shoe against it to prevent it from slamming shut again. My boyfriend is a total non-believer, and that night while in bed, the doggy started growling in the hallway. I kept wanting to my boyfriend that there was something out there, and he would just uh, shush the doggy. Finally, the dog just ran out into the hallway, barking and growling. So I said, that's it, let's go see. The boyfriend kept straight down the hall when I went to the right through the family room and into the kitchen. The first thing I see is that my iPod is on. The docket isn't even plugged in. I ripped my iPod out of the stand and the basement door located in the kitchen popped open. I jumped, slammed the door back and locked it. The boyfriend said it could have been a draft as if at that time of night we would have a door or window open with a furnace on. Another day... So I was walking into the kitchen. The door leading to the garage popped open also. This door is in front of the basement door. So yes, now both doors are kept locked. I still feel, feel I still hear footsteps in the hallway. 
When I was at the house last month, I think I saw a silhouette walk across from the dining area into the living room. I did notice the master bedroom door slightly closed, so I shoot it again. The grandfather clock that is not wound up started chiming randomly. Since I left, the boyfriend says there's something wrong with the master bedroom's door because it closes on its own. As I said, I'm making the final move of this October and not looking forward to being creeped out. Well, are you sure you want to move in? (laughs) This could be an excuse to end the relationship if you're not happy. (laughs) I'm not saying that, but... I am. (laughs) if If you're not there constantly and you're already experiencing stuff, just imagine trying to live there how much stuff you're going to experience. Yeah, because this is a case where it's it's not only uh, the, you know, the, the boyfriend's family that you get, you get the ghosts too. Yeah, there you go. So are you sure you want the ghosts? You know, and it's, it's one thing if it's just doors and footsteps. It's yeah. another if you start seeing shadow people and things and you just don't really know what you're, what you're kind of, getting into there and yeah. that might be part of the reason the house was a short sale maybe I wonder you know it, it's one of those things where they should probably look into a little bit to see what the history is you know do a little googling there it could be interesting what you find you know if you want to find anything is that's kind of more of the question check it out see if they ran off in the middle of the night because we know how that works out yeah that happens sometimes mm-hmm. actually so um, let, let us know if you find anything out there. 855-853-4802. That's our phone number. Hi. Hi, Tony. Hi, Jenny. This is Amanda from Upstate again. Um, I'm calling because I just left my office and I had the weirdest thing happen today at my desk. Um, where I sit, I am the only person. I am in a tiny little queue by myself. Nobody behind me. Nobody next to me. Um, nobody comes back to where I am, actually, to be quite honest. And this morning I had felt like some, there was something standing behind me. There was nobody there. Um, like I saw a shadow move behind, it moved in front of me like somebody was walking behind me. And it, that just freaked me out. And then, um, Right before the incident, I'm about to tell you, it felt like something was scratching at my knee. Not scratching hard enough to leave marks, but like if a cat stretches and grabs onto you and they're just kind of stretching their their paws and getting little digs in real quick, that's what that felt like. And then the thing that really freaked me out, all of it freaked me out, but the thing that extra freaked me out was I'm listening to the podcast because I'm still about a week and a half behind. Maybe two weeks? I don't know. (laughs) But, um, I was listening to the podcast and it was actually kind of creeped me out. I don't even remember what episode it was now because of this incident. But I'm sitting there and all of a sudden the back of my shirt gets pulled on on the collar and it pulled so hard it jerked my head back and scared the shit out of me, to be quite honest. Sorry for the language, but it scared the shit out of me. Um, there was nobody there. I literally jumped in my chair and gasped, and there was nobody there. I looked around, nothing. Not a single person, nobody walking away, nobody talking around me, nothing. And it just, I don't know what that was. And it really, really freaked me out. I've, ever since I've um, housed after my mom and started listening to the podcast and called in, I've noticed a spike in the activity again. And I don't mind it normally. I can deal with feeling like somebody's watching me that fine. But today, it, was, it just felt like all day long. At one point, it felt like somebody was peering over my shoulder and I looked and I don't I don't know if it's because I blinked super fast or if, I don't know. It just seemed like something pulled away really quickly, but there's nobody there. Again, I work where where I am in my office. I'm there, the only person. <laughs> um, so I have no idea. I just had to call in before I distracted by things once I get home. But uh, 
That was a podcast. I'm continuing to get the crap turned out of me, apparently. But um, I will call back with more stories. I have called last week or the week before, maybe. So I don't know if you played those. Like I said, I'm still a little behind. So have a great day. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for the call and thanks for updating us uh, on your situation. Okay. Um, I'm not saying to stop listening to the podcast at all, but what I would suggest to you is maybe when you're at work and you're isolated by yourself, maybe save those episodes for when you're at home or not by yourself. Cause I think, and I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like I know everything here, but I think what might be going on is while you're by yourself and you're focused on listening and getting creeped out. That's it's kind of that same phenomenon when somebody kills a bug and then all of a sudden you feel like you've got bugs climbing on you. It's it's the same sort of psychological thing. So my suggestion would be try altering your routine a little bit and see if maybe you you don't experience as much cuz if it's on your mind constantly then you're going to feel like there's something constantly going on. What do you think? Oh, you think you know everything and you want her to stop listening to the podcast. That's damn right. <laughs> People have listened to enough episodes to know that I know everything. That's why we no, do this. No, I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, it can be a psychological thing. Uh, you know, if you get, you know, engrossed in anything like that, um, you know, you start, you know, and that, that can very well be what it is. And, you know, again, I... It may be it, it may not be, I don't know, but it's something to try. Yeah, and you know, honestly, it may not be that at all, but I would try that and see if it helps. Yeah, I like that suggestion. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. Hey guys, just wanted to say that I enjoy the show very much. Really helps me get through my monotony of a job. I don't know what I'd do without you two. Now, with that out of the way, onto the story. A few years back during my high school days, I was hanging out at my friend's house. It's getting pretty late, so I decided to spend the night rather than just go home. We finally decided to go to sleep around 3 a.m. My friend, being the good host he is, let me take his bed while he slept on a mattress in the corner of the room. Is that what good hosts do? Is that what they're supposed to do? Let's take the bed, sit in. I've been an asshole host my entire life. Yeah, if there's not a nice option for your guests, then yeah, you're supposed to give them the nicer option that's available. When I was like living in a single bedroom apartment in my late teens, early 20s, I had a guest over, I was taking the bed. It's like, there's a nice couch over here. It's beautiful, really comfortable. Enjoy. I wasn't. (laughs) And you're still friends with these people? Uh, actually, I am. Yeah, these are some of the people I'm still friends with, believe it or not. Okay. Oh, there you go. It was a comfortable couch. I had a friend who threw up in a lamp once. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Surprisingly, he, he didn't electrocute himself. That's horrible. Well, we were drinking a lot that night. And <laughs> he had never had a martini. Uh, this is my friend, Gooch. Um, oh, and, okay. uh... And well, he actually actually got to sleep on. There was another bed, I did another bedroom. This was a little bit later when I upgraded to a two bedroom apartment. Nice. And uh, there was a, a bed, so he was in that other bed. Um, and the lamp looked kind of like a garbage can, if you will. It was, you know, like a it was a cylindrical object. Um, okay. And it had a lamp in the middle. It sat on a, a, a nightstand next to the bed. I guess sort of resemble a very small garbage can. I guess, if you will. Um, but the lamp was on, like light bulb on and, uh, get up in the morning and I'm like, what does it smell? And, uh, I'm looking around the house and I can't see the light because it's completely covered in, you it's know, cooked puke. it's cooked. Oh, gross. it's cooked. The light's still on. It didn't short itself out or start a fire, believe it or not. But, uh, yeah, he still owes me a lamp every once in a while. We still talk about that. Just how drunk do you have to be that you mistake a lamp for a trash can? I don't know. He had quite a few martinis that night. Oh. Anyway. Uh, anyhow, continuing on. We were just lying in the dark and talking about this, and when I noticed something strange, a silhouette of... I should start uh, a sentence back so I can uh, say what they were talking about here. 
Getting pretty late, decided to spend the night rather than just go home. We finally decided to go to sleep around 3 a.m. My friend, being the good host he is, let me take his bed uh, while he slept on a mattress in the corner of the room. We were just lying in the dark and talking about this, and that when I noticed something strange, the silhouette of a man on the ceiling of the bedroom. The silhouette had clearly defined shoulders and a head. I pointed this out, and my friend, who was immediately freaked out, we tried to figure out uh, what could possibly be casting the shadow on the ceiling and could not debunk it. The only light source was the bright full moon shining through his window, but the moon was in or close to transit, and I did, it didn't make sense that it was casting someone's shadow onto the ceiling. It was at this point that the two of us started getting unnerved and a little restless. My friends started feeling uncomfortable with the prospect of sleeping on a tiny little mattress. We were a little panicky and acting like a couple of children, so he decided that we'd both sleep in the big bed. After spending a good minute psyching himself up, my friend bolted across that room and dove onto the bed. We covered our faces with a blanket so we didn't have to stare at the strange silhouette all night. It wasn't until maybe 18 months later that I connected this to a different experience that my friend had two years before that first story. One day after school, I got a call from the same friend. Between panicked breaths, he told me he was hiding in his closet. When I asked him what he was hiding from, I was shocked to hear that there was a man standing in his room looking out the window. He said he was home alone, and I urged him to call 911 and get help if there was indeed an intruder in his house. He agreed to get help and hung up. About five minutes later, I got a call back from him. Apparently, he'd been extremely drunk the entire time and was right about to call 911 when he threw up in his closet. With some of the alcohol out of his system, he sobered up a little and looked out the closet door and realized there was no one in the house. I never considered that maybe the man was some kind of an apparition due to my friend's intoxicated state until I had that experience of my own in the same room. My friend's family was the first to live in that house as far as I know, so I don't think there are any bad energies attached to the land or the house itself, but I do know my friend was very into the paranormal and frequently messed around with Ouija boards and who knows what else in that room, so perhaps he summoned something that way. Or maybe we're just a couple of idiots. Who knows? Anyways, I hope you found that story entertaining, and thanks again for putting all the work into making this a fantastic show. Okay, I don't think you're idiots. I do think the Ouija board may have something to do with it, but I think sometimes when you are vulnerable, like after having, you know... had A lot. A lot to drink. Yeah. Um, you know, just like when you're down, when you're drunk, you know you're an easy target. Well, so. it's a depressant. I mean, it is. So, I mean, if you put that much of the depressant into you, uh, eventually you get to such a depressed state emotionally and physically. Yeah, you become, I think, a prime target for something like that. Wouldn't yeah. you agree? I do. Um, I will say uh, alcohol in general is a depressant, but sometimes you, ha- you hear of happy drunks, people that sure. actually get perked up and and better but they're just they're three sheets to the wind sure so i think anytime you are you know you're in that vulnerable state be it you're happy or sad Mm -hmm. you're still an easy target sure yeah i think it kind of opens you up once you cross that threshold yeah so it does make total sense thank you for the call or thank you for the letter we really do appreciate you writing in the phone number is 855-853-4802. Or you can, of course, write in on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you would like to discuss any of the stories that you are hearing on this episode, you can do so up there on our forum section on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Let's go to another call from 855-853-4802. Hi, Tony. Hi, Jenny. Um, first off, before I start... I'm a new listener, and I am completely hooked on your station. I absolutely love it. It's interesting. It's very fascinating of what other people's stories are. But um, before I start, my uh, my story is not really a ghost story. It's more like a supernatural to me it is. But my mother recently passed away back in 2012, and... I would say approximately five months later, during that time, I had a boyfriend. Well, he's my husband now, but back then he was my boyfriend. And we ended up breaking things off. We were together for almost two years, but we ended up breaking things off. 
So, you know, I was at work. I was crying, very sad, very emotional. As soon as I got out of work, I came home and I went straight to bed. And I remember laying in bed and I was praying, you know, because I'm, I'm Catholic, but I was praying, like, for, for, um, for some healing, you know, take the sadness away from me. And then I fell asleep. I had a dream. And this, this dream I will keep for me for the rest of my life. It means so much to me. But I was sleeping, and my dream started off with my dad putting on the song that my mother used to listen to. She loved the song so much. So he put it on, and next thing you know, I started kind of dancing, you know, moving, singing along with the song. And out of nowhere, I see something in the corner of my bed, and it happens to be um, a little statue of Jesus. My mother was also Catholic. She was very religious. So I see it, and next thing you know, I grab it, I look at it, and I start saying, dance with me. I start talking to it, saying, dance with me, sing with me. I put it on my bed, and there I go, you know, just singing, just dancing. And then I start laying down on my bed, and I look straight at it. Next thing you know, I don't know if maybe I imagined it in my dream, but I felt like it started to smile at me, like the statue was sm smiling at me. And for some reason, I end up putting my arm out to it. And I remember saying, please. Next thing you know, slowly, the statue starts moving, and his hands touched my hand. And I wasn't scared. I wasn't shocked. I was calm. I was calm, very, very calm. I was happy. I was stress-free, you know, just, just really overwhelmed of what was going on. And I looked at it, and it smiled at me again. The next thing you know, I wake up. I wake up from my dream. It was already dark by then. I was, I was calm. I was calm. That feeling that I had in my dream was still in me. And next thing you know, I look at the end of my bed, and I see, like, a white mist forming. And it was forming into the size and the shape that my mother was. During this time, I wasn't scared. I was just confused, like, what, what is this? So it started forming at the end of my bed, and it clearly was the form of my mother. I wasn't scared or anything. I was just amazed by it. And I only saw it for a glimpse, like I only saw it for two to three seconds and it slowly started walking out of my room. My door was closed. It started walking out of my room and through the door. And that's when I got up. I opened my door, but it was gone. And that whole week, that dream has been going through my head over and over again, thinking what's, what's going on? What is this about? And the statue that was actually in my dream, I told my dad about it. I told my brother about it. They're very religious as well. I told them, and they're telling me that it's either him telling me to be that everything's going to be okay, or it was my mother saying everything was going to be okay. The next following week, I was getting ready for work. I went downstairs, and in our kitchen, we have... We have one of the walls covered, just covered of pictures of our um, of our relatives that passed away, and in the middle we have a big picture of of the Virgin Mary. And um, I always pray before I go to work, and something catches my eye at the corner. At the corner of my eye, something catches my eye, and I look, and apparently it was the exact same statue that was in my dream. The exact same statue staring right at me. I picked it up. I took it to my dad and I told him, who is this? This wasn't here before. And this is what he told me. He said that he was cleaning out the closet because he wanted to, he just wanted to 
help him, you know, move on, basically. So he was cleaning out the closet, putting my mother's clothes away, and he found the statue right in the back of where her clothes was. And he thought it was nice, and he left it there. And I told him this is the exact same statue that was in my dream. Ever since that day, I always grab the statue, I always kiss it, I always, you know, make a little prayer. And I feel instantly, I feel calm, I feel happy, I feel like everything is going to be great. And, yeah, I honestly, I honestly feel that it's my mother telling me everything's going to be okay. But that's one of my stories. I also have some other ones that are a little bit freaky that has nothing to do like the same one that I had right now. But this, this story is one of my very personal, very one of my close uh, stories I've had so far. And you guys will be hearing from me sooner or later. So thank you and um, keep up the good work. Bye. Well, thank you. And um, I do think that sometimes we find things out in our dreams that that are there just to bring us comfort. I've experienced that. We've had a number of callers that have called and and said that they've had similar type experiences. I think it's really, you know, really unique, though, that you had such a vivid picture in your mind of what that statue looked like, and then it shows up. I think that that's that's really neat. It all connects itself, where she had the the bizarre paranormal-esque dream, too, and then immediately following, she woke up and then had paranormal activity right there in the room. That's where you can kind of go, okay, this is all, you know, kind of self-encompassing, kind of all connected together. Yeah. And not just, that was a really weird dream. Okay, time to go back to bed. You know, that's not paranormal, but what she connected was paranormal, where it all kind of... Exactly. Coincide. So thank you for the call. Thank you for the story. We really do appreciate that. 855-853-4802 is our number. Hi, um, my name's Jenny. I'm calling from the UK. Um, dial tone for that because it was on a previous episode is 001 calling from the UK. Um, there was another question um, on one of your episodes, I can't remember, about a, a woman with feet that face backwards. I was reading something called Most Modern Ghost Stories or something by Rodyard Kipling, I I seem to remember. And they said that... um, Let me stop for one second. Do you hear that in the background? It sounds like a crying in the background. Okay. I'm going to keep playing the call. Um, And she's obviously a listener of her show. Let us know if there's something in the background when you're calling. And continuing on. And they said that, um, that... those kind of ghosts were like Indian ghosts that um, were like prostitutes that killed their kids and then killed themselves and then um, and and then kind of tried to trap single men. So that might be why, um, you know, she said what she said over the bridge. Anyway, coming to my ghost story, um, sorry, I'm talking a bit fast. I'm a bit nervous. But, um, yeah, I lived in like, in this masonette. It was an upside down house. Um, where the kitchen was upstairs and the bedrooms were downstairs and it was like a Victorian house. And um, it was kind of like um, like a, a presence with it always. It was kind of like, it was quite warm, welcoming um, when, when I first like got the place. Um, and the lady that gave it to me even said, which was kind of a bit funny, um, you know, oh, I hope, you know, what, you know, I chose you and I hope you look after the place well, not because you were, like, the most expensive buyer, but I felt that you would, like, help look after the place, which is kind of an odd thing to say because, obviously, if you're selling a house, you want the most expensive um, person to buy it. Um, anyway, there was a lot of strange things going on, like, the first couple of months. Um, like, the, the, the dial on the radio used to go down a lot if you know you listen to lots of loud music being a young person I was about 21 at the time and um it used to go down all the time and you could see like the numbers going down and you could see the dial um and one night I was like washing up um near the near the stereo 
and there was some stairs that led up to the, to, to the kitchen and it was like facing the door um, to the stairs. And um, it was just me and my daughter in my house. And I was like standing there washing up. I could hear someone walking up the stairs. And I thought, oh, I'll wait till like my daughter comes up the stairs and I'll turn around and scare her. And um, then I felt like a tug on my dress, like quite sharply. Um, and I spun round and I shouted, Carol, get downstairs. And there's nobody there. And that she can't have run downstairs because I would have seen her. She couldn't have hid anywhere because I would have seen her because it was quite a small, like, lounge. Um, and it was, oh, it was really freaky. Then, like, a lot of the times I'd hear, like, footsteps running around my bed. And um, one night somebody actually got in bed with me and I just kind of lay really still as a statue and kind of just prayed that that didn't happen. And then one particular night, um, close to when we were moving, because I only stayed there um, literally two, two, uh, two years. And um, one night, you know, the, the footsteps were there and everything. But my ex-husband was, was, was lying next to me at the time. He did a lot of night shifts, so I wasn't there. He wasn't there a lot. Um, and I had this crazy dream where... Um, and there was this little girl, and above the stairs that I was talking about earlier was this big, big cupboard. It was windowless. We used to put the computer in there. It was quite a big space. Um, and that was it above the stairs until you walked around into the lounge. And, um, like, I dreamt that this woman, this governess, had locked this girl in that cupboard, and then she'd had a heart attack. Um, and then, obviously, that little girl that was locked in the cupboard died of starvation. It was a horrible dream. And when I opened my eyes, there was, like, a big window across the ways um, to this nursing home. And this woman filled the whole window. It was a huge window. And she was just glaring at me. It was the most frightening thing ever. And she had, like... Um, a really tight black bun in her hair and she had like um, all black clothes apart from like this white lace like um, above um, a really like high buttoned up dress that was also black um, and she was just glaring at me and I was literally frozen um, and it took all the ounce of strength that it could um, for me to turn over after blinking several times but she just stayed there oh and um you know then i finally managed to turn over and get some sleep luckily um and it wasn't you know till like moving day did i see someone walking through that window normally and all you could see was their head and i did wonder if maybe um like because you know she was so close to me that a lot of my mind blocked that out and so i wanted to believe that she was in the window i don't know what you think about that anyway thank you for listening um i've got loads of more stories um as everyone says but i might call in um i'll check how much this costs first okay thanks bye okay thanks for the call i i do appreciate it um number one do you have a kid um I, i'm gonna assume you do or, or there's some uh, child near you in your building. Can you let us know what the hell that was all about? I just want to know if there really was a kid in the background, because that's one mad baby EVP if it's not a real kid. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, I was, I was so preoccupied by hearing the child screaming in the background uh, constantly that I'm sorry, I did not follow most of the story. I was just, I don't know. I, I think it's one of those senses that comes out of you when you become a parent. You're just suddenly drawn to this. Yeah. Help the kid, help the kid, help the kid, help the kid. And that's all I could kept going through my mind as I'm here. She's telling her story. Thank you for calling. I appreciate it. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, fill us in. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, and and I, I hope that, that if your child needs you, you'll go and attend to it if that's what the case was. But maybe it was the neighbor kid. Maybe it was, you know, maybe you work at a daycare. I don't know. But uh, yeah. Anyhow. Sorry. My my 
attention span was gone on that. Yeah. Uh, 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in to Real Ghost Stories Online. Or, of course, you can always write into it to us through the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. That would be one hell of a child EVP, though, if it was a ghost. I mean, we did have the 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 dishwashing lady, Kelly, who called in, and it was a consistent banging on dishes for the course of about four minutes. Yeah, it really was. And um, I don't know. That just was one upset baby. I mean, but that, I mean, that was banging, which is like a clink, clink, clink. That was a pretty baby-ish. Okay, if this lady calls back... I have no baby. There's nothing going on. <laughs> that's, that's the creepiest thing I've ever heard. That would have been... Uh, yeah, that would uh, rank number one as the creepiest call I've ever gotten. Uh, then I actually would have to uh, re-listen to the story because I, I just couldn't pay attention. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost stories wherever you may be in the world. She was in the UK. Let's go to one more call before we wrap up the show for today. My name's Kyle. Um, I'm from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And I'm calling about an abandoned and possibly haunted factory that my friend and I found. Um, So we stumbled upon this factory in downtown Toronto. And it's right in a very residential neighborhood. So what we decided to do, we saw a lot of pictures of people who have explored the place and been inside. It's, um, It's been abandoned for about 50 years. And... From what I've heard and seen, there's been no paranormal sightings or stories of the place at all. I'm going to leave the name of the factory anonymous, I guess, just so uh, it doesn't get vandalized any more than it has been. So what we wanted to do is just take some pictures, possibly go inside if, if we could. And um, so we, we, showed, we, um, we showed up there one night and started walking around. We found the one window to get into, but it was too dark. The window was too small. Our flashlights weren't good enough, and we just decided to maybe explore inside another day. So instead, we were taking pictures of the outside of the building. So we're taking pictures of all the graffiti, and I had the idea of maybe reaching my hand in, taking a few pictures of the inside of the inside of the factory, and the one window would be in the basement. So kind of down a little bit and you reach in so I took about four pictures four or five pictures of inside of uh, the factory and didn't see anything but um, when we got back I was examining the pictures and in the top left corner of one of the pictures which I am going to send you um, right after I finish this phone call so hopefully you could see it as well you can see um, again in the top left corner you could see a, a pale face you could see the two eyes and the mouse I've shown um, multiple people, over 10, who have all believed it, who have all seen the face. And I guess this is kind of um, my final step to proving that this is right by uh, hopefully making you a believer and seeing it. And um, hopefully you could go onto the website and have all the other listeners believe it as well. So, um, again, sorry if uh, my call wasn't too great. Kind of nervous. Uh, first time actually telling the story to more than just one or two people at a time that's not family or friends so um hopefully you could see the face like i did and all my uh, co-workers and families and um have a great day thank you for all the work thank you again bye-bye thanks for calling in uh kyle we do appreciate that do you see the ghost I'm trying to which, see this. Which corner? Upper right? It says upper left corner left. of the back area of the picture. You'll see a grayish face zooming in may help. Two eyes and a jagged mouth. And we'll put this up in the gallery section at realghoststoriesonline.com. Just go to the photos area and you can see it for yourself too. I'm not good at these when it's like the dot pictures where it's like, and it'll just pop out at you like a dinosaur. You know, I, I guess I do kind of see it. Do you do you see it more? Yeah, I think I do. The only way I can describe it is it it almost looks 3D. I mean, it almost looks like there's depth to it. If you really take a second to to look at it, I, I think is is this the eyes here? Okay, jagged mouth. Okay. To me, it kind of looks like the black and white version of the picture. From Ghostbusters 2. 
It almost looks like a team mascot from an NBA team. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm looking at this thing, and I, I, I do see it now, and it almost looks like a bird. It looks like a bird mascot. It looks like there's a beak, and there's the two eyes. It looks almost cartoonish to me. I mean, if that's what I'm seeing here. And I'm not saying that it's a faked photo or superimposed. It just, it, whatever the hell he caught looks rather cartoonish. It's weird. It is. It's very weird. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's bizarre. I'll put it up in the, like I said, in the photo section. We'll name it uh, uh, Photo from Kyle's Call so you guys can see it too. And uh, you can let us know what you think about it uh, in our forum section at Real Ghost Stories Online. Dot com. So there you go. Another showdown. Another uh, round of interesting things. And I think I'm really going to be curious now to find out if there is a ghost baby in that house. Or just a very upset child that mommy was calling into a radio show. <laughs> I think there's more to that story. Yeah, like children died and she's calling from some asylum that uh, no. they're calling and reaching out through the phone lines across the ocean. I think it's somebody else's baby. <laughs> yeah, Rosemary's. Okay. Down the hall. That's great. <laughs> All right. If you're not an EPP yet, please become one. You get an extra episode of This Insanity every single week sent directly to you and the satisfaction of knowing you're supporting us. Uh, it's only five bucks a month, uh, or you can do 10 or 15, whatever you feel the show is worth to you. Keeps our show alive. We do need our EPPs to uh, continue to support the show. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to keep doing it. So if you enjoy the show, you listen a couple times a week, uh, throw a little in the kitty if you would, and uh, help keep us going. For Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski, and for the ghost baby on the call, thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. Oh.